Welcome to the Fear and Greed Business News Afternoon Report for Wednesday the 8th of November 2023. I'm Sean Aylmer. Every afternoon we've got the five stories that happen today that you need to know about. Story number one, the S&P ASX 200 closed up 0.3% today to 6,995 points with tech stocks leading the way following a strong close on Wall Street. Real estate investment trusts and industrials also did well while materials were among the worst performers thanks to drops in BHP, Rio Tinto and Fortescue Metals Group. The big miners fell on a fall in iron ore prices and that was on the back of more concerns about the Chinese economy. Westpac did well up 1.7% while Telstra was up 1.8% following the massive Optus outage. I'll tell you about that in a moment. WiseTech Global, REA and Zero all jumped by at least 1.5%. Best on the day was building materials company James Hardy, up 14% after it reported its half-year profit. Worst was diversified miners South 32, down more than 4%. In corporate news, Magellan held its AGM today. It was, by all accounts, a fairly restrained affair, particularly given the amount of funds under management that's tumbled out of the funds over the past year or so. Magellan's share price is down nearly 30% over the past year. It's about 10% of what it was in its peak in early 2020. There was a first strike on the remuneration report today. Story number two, as we go to air this afternoon, there are still millions of people affected by the Optus outage, which began about 4am this morning. It was a major network outage affecting landlines, mobiles and the internet. So far, we don't know exactly what happened, though it doesn't seem to be a cyber attack. Phone users were unable to make or receive calls or use the internet on Optus's mobile network and users of Optus resellers like Coles Mobile were also down. So too Dodo and Aussie Broadband. The triple O number was also affected. Now Optus Chief Executive Kelly Bayer-Rosmarin, who 12 months ago had to handle a massive cyber attack, came out and said the nationwide outage it was a highly irregular occurrence. Hmm, we'll see where that one goes to. Story number three, Woodside boss Meg O'Neill said oil and gas demand will be around for decades and the company has a net zero direct emissions aspiration for 2050. The oil and gas giant will push ahead with almost $40 billion worth of new large-scale projects in Australia, Senegal and Mexico. Woodside is still targeting its first cargo from the massive Scarborough LNG project in Western Australia by 2026, or in fact in 2026. O'Neill said the world's demand for wood-sized products is expected to be resilient in the coming decades as populations and economies grow, with target markets in Asia driving primary energy demand, according to media reports. She also discussed investments Woodside is pursuing in new energy, adding low-carbon ammonia production to the options under consideration, which include liquid hydrogen and carbon capture and storage. Story number four, consultant group PwC will cut about 340 jobs from its 8,000-strong workforce with the announcement coming on the same day as a key client, Westpac, dumped the group as its audit partner. Westpac has put its external audit work out to tender and said its current provider, which is PwC, has not been invited to participate. The bank said it's about rotating auditors and given PwC has been with the bank for about 20 years or so, Maybe it is a good time to move on. According to the Financial Review, PwC's staff cuts are the largest of their kind at a major consultancy in Australia and follow KPMG cutting 300 people or about 3% of its workforce and Deloitte cutting dozens last month. The local major advisory firms are also variously cutting back on recruitment, cracking down on expenses and travel costs and deferring graduate start dates. And story number five, Japan, the UK and US want to work towards humanitarian pauses in Israel's war with Hamas ahead of a gathering of Group of Seven foreign ministers in Tokyo. 
U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Foreign Minister Yoko Kamikawa agreed on the issue at a bilateral meeting in Tokyo yesterday. The conflict in Gaza was top of the agenda at the G7 meeting, which comes after the U.S.'s Blinken's world wind tour of the Middle East. His calls for hawks in the fighting to allow delivery of basic necessities were met with more air and ground attacks from Israel and frustration from Jordan, which called for a full ceasefire. That's it for the afternoon report for Wednesday, the 8th of November, 2023. Adam Lang and I will be back tomorrow morning with the Thursday edition of Fear and Greed Business News. I'm Sean Aylmer. Enjoy your evening. <laughs>